0: yeah let's have fun (laughs) so we're talking about emotionally healthy people and just the different things um to get emotionally healthy and this morning we're going to talk about going back to go forward so uh, let's talk about that and we'll use my life and my pictures from my past so the first picture i have for you when we're talking about going back to go forward is my grandma stella grandma stella she's my dad's mom She's from Pratt, Kansas. And Grandma Stella loves a good outfit. And if you can see, she's, she's talking at our um, rehearsal dinner when John and I got married. She's got the red earrings going on, the red lips, the red fingernail polish, the red necklace, and the red bracelet. So my mom says that I have inherited the Thompson shopping gene So that's Grandma Thompson, my dad, Edward Thompson, loves a good shopping trip, and guess what? So do I, right? (laughs) So we're talking about generations, and we're talking about going back, looking at our past generations in order to move forward. So the next picture is me, my mom, and my Grandma Green. There's the generations. So my Grandma Green, I have memories of her sitting at her kitchen table like all day long, smoking a cigarette, watching TV, and rubbing her knees, because they always hurt her. Like, she was just in pain. And she would make us fudge, like, every Christmas. And no joke, this, like, January, I was sitting at my kitchen table, rubbing my knees, because they really hurt. I would hurt them, and I had just made, like, fudge. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I am becoming Grandma Green. Like, and then my knuckles look like her knuckles. I don't know, like your fingers kind of, I'm like, oh my gosh, what is happening? So um, she, my grandma Green is married, or married my grandpa Green, and we've got a lot of British English blood in us, like a lot of English blood. And many of you know, I went to high school in London, England, and went to, um, spent five years there. And no joke, there's something about the English people. I felt like I am at home. Like, these are my people. I'm American, but like, there's something about the English culture. Like, they're very reserved, they like avoid conflict at all costs. (laughs) I know, totally me. Like, the weather's mild and they wear cardigans all the time. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this, these are my people. I am at so home right here. Like England, like I felt like this genetic pull, like in my cells, like I am English. I know I'm English. I'm not American. I like, I avoid conflict. I love a good cup of tea. Like that will solve every conflict, every crisis out there. You don't talk about it, but you just drink tea, right? That's how you deal with conflict. Yeah, so if you notice these things in my life, I'm sure you have and you will, just remember, oh, she's English. (laughs) Like that's what's going on. So like my back, like my past generations, they influence today. And I love this quote, Jesus may be in your heart, but grandma lives in your bones, (laughs) right? Yes, so true. (laughs) So we're talking about the blessings and sins of our families of origin, going back two to three generations, profoundly impact who we are today. So, we have blessings and sins going through past generations. So, we don't live in a bubble, right? We want to, but, you know, the good and the bad, growing up, they all influence us. There's something, like, imprinted in us, there's a hard wire in us, that happens and, you know, sometimes we don't even know, you know, there's just something imprinted in us as, you know, we live out our life and then, you know, sometimes we realize, sometimes we don't. Oh, that's like grandma, that's like dad, that's like cousin Fred. So there are these patterns that are passed generationally. And a lot of times we have these spoken or unspoken norms going on too in our families and you know, when you get married, you realize, like, oh, this is, like, that's not normal. This, like, how I do it, that's normal. And, but like, who said that? How do we, you know, why do you think that's the only way to do things? It's because, like, this thing was imprinted on us, or that's how it was done, and that's just how, how you do it, and you don't really think about it. Um, A lot of times, like as kids, we grow up and we perceive things in our family, you know, and that influences us. Like maybe, you know, mom was angry all the time and I took it like, oh, I'm doing something wrong, but actually mom's angry for other reasons. So we got all these generational influences on us. So let's see what the Bible says in Exodus 34, 6 through 7. It says, Then the Lord passed by in front of Moses and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands of generations, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. Yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of fathers on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. So we're talking about generations, right? Um, a lot of times, like um, life difficulties, will waken us up to what this verse is saying. Like, um, like sometimes we find ourselves in this loop, and then like, why am I always in this loop of difficulty? Why do I constantly like not have money? Or why do I have no friends? I'm in this loop. And like life difficulties will kind of wake us up and force us to ask these questions and to, you know, try to think outside of our experience, you know, and to step back and like ask questions. Um, Sometimes like we struggle with questions of like, how did I get here? Like this is not what I thought my life would look like. I kind of imagine it this way but it looks like this, and that's actually a gift. It's a gift that God like, gives us to kind of force us to ask the difficult questions about, well, maybe something generationally is going on and it's affecting me, and I didn't realize it, but like, life is hard and it's forcing me to ask questions. So actually, I like this, how like Jesus is kind of answers our question in this verse. He's kind of like pointing out, like, okay, remember, remember that you have family stuff going on that you need to deal with. Um, so, like for example, let's say like Grandpa went to prison. That would affect, that would influence how his children view, you know, fatherhood or families or money, and then so. The, Then the next generation like that would kind of influence the grandchildren you know how they think about justice or like authority and god in his goodness is saying like look i am compassionate i am forgiving i am merciful but i'm not like the senile grandpa who kind of like you wink wink and like you didn't see that right you know like i just kind of want to live on with my life not living with the consequences of my action right you know I hope that I can sin and get away with it God forgives me and then like there are no effects right I like I want to live in the bubble where my life doesn't influence other people but it doesn't work that way and so God in his mercy is showing like your life counts like how you live counts you are responsible for how you've lived and how what decisions you make because it it does influence your kids. It does influence those around you. Um, you know, sometimes, like, I don't want to change for my sake, you know, but if it's, like, for my children's sake, I'm more willing to change. Like, there's something that sobers me up real quick when I realize, like, wait, what? Like, I will influence them and they will influence them and they will influence them for generations. Like, no, 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 <laughs> like that scares me. Like I wanna live in truth, I wanna live how God lives, I wanna live under his blessing and not pass my junk on. Right, parents are like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well let's look at the Bible. So we're talking about um, like how our generations influence us, Their are blessings You know, there are blessings that go for thousands of generations. God is good, but then there are like those things, you know, that pass on three or four generations. And you don't have to go very far in the Bible to see these very painful examples of, um, like, God's goodness. God is always faithful to his promises. He's faithful to his promises no matter what we do. Like, we're broken, we make mistakes, but God is true. He's true to his character and his nature that you know thank thank god because it's not based on like what i do how perfect i live so let's look um in genesis we quickly see in abraham's family a pattern of lying in each generation so abraham lied twice about his wife sarah he said that she was his sister which is really odd and then isaac did the same thing when isaac's son or abraham's son isaac did the same thing with his wife rebecca he lied to this like other king and said that rebecca was his wife or his sister and then jacob so there's like the third generation abraham isaac and then jacob his name was deceiver like what's up with that and then his children like lied about one of their siblings about his death and then they had this fake funeral and a family secret for more than 10 years. So, I mean, that's like real stuff, you know? That's like, wow, we probably know some people who have families like this. We might come from a family like this. Um, In Abraham's family, there's a pattern of experiencing a cutoff from one another in each generation. So Isaac and Ishmael were cut off. They didn't have a relationship. Jacob fled from his brother Esau. Joseph was cut off from his 10 brothers. So you see the generational influence, like you don't live in a bubble, we don't live in a bubble. We're influenced by, you know, grandpa's decision, my dad's decisions. Then um, another example is poor intimacy in the marriages of each generations. So Abraham has a child out wedlock with Hagar. Isaac has terrible relationship with Rebecca. They're like lying and taking sides with their children. Jacob has multiple wives. So, right, it's easy to read somebody else's junk, you know. It's easy to, like, oh, I see their problems. But, um, you know, what about the common ones in our families? So we have a perfect little handout for you (laughs) to make it easy. (laughs) On your table, you'll see, like, the Ten Commandments of issues in families. Um, So, um, you know, a lot of these are just things maybe you never thought about maybe you have a little bit one of the ones listed is success and um, yeah i think that's a big one in american culture so i'll tell you about my success message i adopted um, so i so my dad is this international architect and we lived overseas and i we went to i went to this very posh school where everybody was like in banking and politics and like movie stars, actresses. I mean, it was ridiculous. And um, like drug runners, I mean, it, like people with an immense amount of wealth. And so I grew up adopting this definition of success in my life from my dad, like achieving international success and then like my normal, was like all these very abnormal lives in this very like small school. And I, you know, I didn't realize that I was adopting this definition of success as like your worth is closely tied to money and closely tied to like um, achievement and you know what the world says and you know just money and fame and all that stuff and it it, like kind of seeped in these messages and it took like years before I realized what was going on. And so just looking at that um, list, you know, let it kind of, you know, stir up like, well, I never thought about money. I never thought about sex. I never thought like these things might be, you know, passed down. So, we're going to take a few minutes' break. Um, now, I'm a child of like the seventies and eighties, so we're going to listen to one of the iconic singers from that time, Prince and no matter you know I don't know what you think about him as a singer, but at least he's asking important questions in this song. so while um doves when doves cry, yeah, come on, eighties people <laughs> <laughs> when that song plays um in the background quietly. We're going to discuss at each of our tables this question: What concerns or fears might you have in looking back at your family of origin to discern unhealthy patterns and themes? Explain. So we'll leave the question up there. We'll take a few minutes, just um, you know, talk at your table. What might like hinder you from even going there, even asking those questions, even you know, what what concerns or fears? Then we'll meet back here in a few minutes. Okay, I think we'll keep talking after. Will the Prince song be in your mind all week like it was in mine? (laughs) Okay, hopefully, I think, I'm sure, sounds like some good conversations at your table. So, thankfully, we serve a God who absorbs all the sin and brokenness. on the cross, right? We serve a God who who's all the generations before us, all the sins, all the brokenness and their family lines, like all the sin now, and all the sin in the future generations. Like Jesus absorbed that on the cross. He his blood is stronger and better than our blood passed down generationally, right? He's perfect. He had no sin, so his blood shed for us absorbs our sin, right? So that's good news. We, it's, a, it's a good thing. Um, let's look at Galatians 4. But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons, Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. So this verse basically declares everything is different. When you're in Christ, everything is different. All that you knew is not how it is now. You are reborn, you're adopted into his family. We have a new father who's teaching his ways, right? So like we lived under you know, our old family, our father and mother, but now if you're in Christ, you're adopted as his child. So you have a new father, who's teaching and instructing and opening your eyes to this new world that he's placed you in, a new way of doing things. Uh, our spirit is made new. Like, the deepest who we are, that's totally different now in Christ Jesus. Your identity is totally different. You're totally transformed. But you might be saying to yourself, well, that's all good, right? But, you know, I'm still in this loop. I'm still, like, struggling here, you know? Yay, that's great. But, you know, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. So what does Philippians um, 2, 12 through 13 says about this? So "So then, my beloved, just as, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So, you know you've probably seen this like sometimes if you're a follower of Jesus you just kind of live like you did before you prayed a prayer of salvation like you just kind of like okay well I've added Jesus to my life and then like I'm default living we just kind of live how we grew up living and just going through the actions yeah like Jesus you know I'll go to church but I'll just like live my life how I normally do right don't you just add Jesus to your life So it's easy to live in default, right? It's like what naturally comes out of my mouth, in my thoughts. Like that's the path of least resistance, you know? And it's unredeemed by God's truth, you know? Like you'll just say stuff and you're like, why did I say that? And blah, that was yuck. So um, discipleship requires putting off the sinful patterns of our family of origin and relearning how to do life God's way in God's family. So as followers of Jesus, we're disciples, and that name is kind of this religious term, you know, and a a disciple is a learner. So we're, we're called to, like, learn, to relearn, to learn how our father does things, learn how does our father think about money, how does our father think about sex, how does our father think about success. And... We have to actively believe and actively act and think like an heir of God, an heir, a son, somebody who like has an inheritance. So, um, you know, sometimes it takes a lifetime to retrain your life. And we need each other. We need a community of people to do this in, right? Like Kind of my junk doesn't get exposed until I, like, rub shoulders with you, and I realize, oh, you have new normals and different normals, and, like, well, what does God say about this? Like, I don't know. Um, so, like, my mind, my will, my emotions, they need to be transformed. Like, my spirit is made new. I am You know, I'm adopted. I am a child of God, but my mind has to be changed. I need to allow God's word. What does he say about this stuff? I need to let it change me. I need to be willing to learn. I need to be willing to, you know, ask those difficult questions. So we need, like, all of us, all together, we need all of you and all of, you know, who you are. We need to be living this life together. It's a good life. It's a great life that we're learning what our Father says. Well, what does he say? And let's go on this journey together. So let's look at, like, well, what, what does this practically look like? What does that process look like? So we need to ask God the hard questions, even if it's painful. It's sometimes scary to go to, you know, those questions. Like, I don't even want to ask that question, you know? But... It, we're kind of afraid of pain. What might it bring up? And, ah, you know, it's easier just to live in default. But we really have to go to that place of pain and ask God the hard questions. Um, and then and then acknowledge it and not, like, stuff it down all the time. You know, we're good at, like, stuffing, ignoring. I don't want to deal with it. But when we acknowledge it, okay, it's laid out on the open. I see, you know, this lie I've been living. And then we repent, repent, God, I turn from that, I turn, I, what do you say, what does my father say, we want to ask our father, well, what do you say about the situation, what does your word say about um, these things, you know, he's the God of generations, he's been around a long time, you know, it doesn't, like, surprise him, he's seen it all, he knows what grandpa did. He knows how effective you, you know, like it's not a big surprise, but we think like, oh, I can't ask it, you know. But God was there like he saw. He knows. He's like the great I am, you know. He he's he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's a generational God. And he's uh, he's your God now. He'll he wants to be your children's God and grandchildren's God. So, um I'll just tell you a an example going back to the like messy success definition in my life, how this like happened, how God spoke to me. So um I I was in like a couple years of just like um wrestling with that success definition in you know that I told you about and um just kind of like, I felt like this voice was like mocking me all the time. Like, you are not living up to how you're supposed to be. You're not living up to success. You have not achieved anything in your life. And it was just like shameful and I was insecure and just like struggling with, I mean, does my life even matter? Does it count? What am I doing? You know, and... We um, went to this conference with some of our friends and other leaders in our churches. And, you know, like when you're in a bad place, you don't want to be around people. At least I don't. I'm like, oh, I don't want to go, you know. And we have to go. And I'll go. And so we get there. And then, of course, you know, the people are going to talk about architecture in Chicago. And I'm like, you're kidding me. Like, all those buildings that you're going to talk about, because they were talking about, like, the gifts that people have to make things, and I'm like, ah, oh, like, I'm living under that. Like, my dad built those buildings that you're talking about in Chicago. Are you kidding me? Like, why, why do I have to deal with this? Like, I was feeling so small. And... Um, like, I didn't want to look anybody in the eye, you know, I just, there's so much shame going on in my heart, you know, and I just, like, felt like a robot, you know, when you're, like, going through the motions, and, like, I can't look at you, I can't smile, I'm just, like, dealing with all this stuff inside of me, it was, like, just that mocking, Ugh, just felt so small, not wanting to be there, and, you know, like, struggling in my mind and my heart and just like worship started and I'm like can't sing the words I'm just like uh, I don't want to be here and um then I finally acknowledged it to God like I mean that seems so like well of course shouldn't you have done that like half an hour ago you know but you know I just kind of like keep it in and it just like gets so ugly and nasty and then I just like, okay, I'm insecure, okay, I hate this. I'm full of like, you know, I feel like a loser. I haven't achieved anything in my life. And um, like immediately once I like humbled myself and acknowledged it and like showed it to God, in my mind's eye, I saw these people like standing in a line reaching high up to the sky like tall people like skyscrapers and god said you're building people I'm like oh <laughs> thank you <laughs> wow I, kn- I you know it just like changed everything like god's perspective changed everything he changed the definition of like my life like oh, I don't have to live under somebody else's life. You know, I can live mine and God says it's good and you, you do, you're not doing that, but you're doing this and that's good and I can like sit and be at peace in my heart about things. And that's what our Father has for all of us. And I don't know what your you know, thing is today from generations, but you know, there probably is a thing but our Father wants to speak and redefine it, re, you know, reshape how you see the world and what your normal is to show what his normal is. This is how he sees it. You want to come up, John? Then we're going to pray for for us.
1: Yeah, I really think it's important that we take a moment to to give you all a chance to experience some of what Reagan just described of that moment that God redefined reality to her and a lot of what this this what what we're talking about today about going back going back to go forward is a lifelong process it's not just like overnight but it's continual seeing these things and then follow, walking through this this discipleship process of acknowledging it turning from it receiving God's grace um, but also it's something that God, can do really significant things in a moment as we do that. And so while we're here today, we just wanna take, chance, take time to, to, for that opportunity to happen right now. So I'm just gonna ask you to go ahead and, and close your eyes um, so that we're just thinking about our own lives. And I wanna ask, is there, is there one message that you've picked up in life that is unhealthy. that you see maybe it was a message you received about life from your dad. Maybe it's something you picked up from your mother. It could also be an earthquake in your life, like a traumatic loss of a parent or a divorce or something traumatic that shaped reality to you in a certain way. And then, keep your eyes closed. I'm just who, who's got, If you have something, raise your hand so I can see who's, who's got something here right now. Great. All right. Um, most of us. That's great. I want to just pray this prayer. If you would agree with me, we're going to ask God to replace that false message with his true message. So the question is really ask God what's what's the specific message that you've received from your family of origin, but God wants to reveal something different to you to change that and walk you forward in a path of discipleship. So God, right now, would you speak your truth to our hearts in these areas? Would you bring your better, grace filled, powerful truth to our hearts? What do you say about those things? God, we thank you for this. Thank you that you're the God who redeems our th- the past, redeems our past, Thank you that you're the God who transforms us by your miraculous grace. Thank you for encouraging our hearts today. Thank you for bringing understanding and insight. And I pray that you would help us to to walk this out in an ongoing way. Lord, I thank you that generational patterns that are unhealthy are going to be stopped in their tracks through the people in these rooms. That our lives and our children and those around us are going to get something different because of what you're doing in our lives. Lord, we thank you for all the blessings we've received from our families, Lord. And we do just pray a blessing on every, every family member, all of our extended family. Lord, we thank you for you've, you've been so good and gracious and given us so much. So we thank you for that. And we thank you that you are bringing us into to, uh, everything you have for us as we trust you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.